One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the NXT review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture. Michael Hanfler, Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you get the idea. Podbean, I think the thing, <laughs> uh, where we not only review the show formerly known as NXT, but. Oh! <laughs> you shot straight into it there. Uh, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review NXT. I had to put those silly voices on because we need something to entertain us for this show. Uh, but Hamlet, when I said uh, NXT needs to be more like AEW, I didn't mean pointless title matches between champions that don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I love how yeah, your new thing this week is just bodying AEW. <laughs> There's a couple of like swipes at, was it Hangman Page and Rampage? Yeah, on Monday? I mean, Rampage is low-hanging fruit, isn't yeah. it? Oh, not so good, Al. No. This was uh, not a good two hours. I had really high hopes from the opening promo train. Um, because of the people that were in it, basically. And, I know, yeah. I'm with you on this one. <laughs> Me neither. I was like, wait. I just, it, wait. There's nothing, nothing to this whatsoever. Uh, apart from the really what, funny things that we're going to rip yeah, the piss what, out a of. a couple of good things. Um, nothing wrestling related. <laughs> it's just, just a glum time, isn't it? Just a really glum time in a brightly lit room. <laughs> it's what we always say with this show, Sige. Like, don't try and be a good wrestling show that ship has sailed a long time ago you can have the occasional good match you've got some very talented people down there of course but you it's it's when it goes in the middle of the road if it's complete banter if it's just mad segments backstage we all love it and sometimes if there's some great wrestling on there we enjoy parts of it as well this was just like oh it's this it's this is it I'm struggling so badly for anything to say about this other than it is shit. <laughs> and Shawn Michaels honestly needs to get his eye on the ball because uh, <laughs> this is not a good show. I don't know what he's doing. I've got absolutely no idea what he's doing. He should know better. He's been heavily involved in one of the best WWE programs of the 21st century, that being the 2008 saga with Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. He was Shawn Michaels in 1997. Like, he knows what's good TV. 
I used to have instincts for this. He knew what was crap, and he knew what needed to be corrected. It feels like he's either completely lost the plot, as an absolute god-botherer, and just any edge that he's had or any instinct that he's had is gone. But even when he's a god-botherer, and there's nothing wrong with that, apart from blowing small animals to bits and being a complete monstrous hypocrite, of course. <laughs> he did good stuff. So I don't... I, after he was reformed, he got a bit more boring. So he knows... I just don't know what... Is he just... It feels like he is trying to serve every master apart from his instincts. Of course, when Vince McMahon was still at the helm and Triple H was out of there through, like, really significant medical mm. um, circumstances, you can readily imagine Shawn Michaels going, right, okay, well, I have to do the bollocks because that's what Vince has mandated. He wants bollocks again. Every now and then, he wants bollocks. 2006, he decided... I don't want Guerrero and Benoit. These don't draw. Let's get the Spirit Squad. Let's get Eugene. Let's get some bollocks back. That's what I'm at. I'm a purveyor of bollocks. That's what I'll do. <laughs> so Sean probably knows. He's just like any other writer in that system. Let's appease Vince. Make some money. Get on with my day. And at the same time, there's the anecdote of when Nash came down to visit. And he's like, Sean, you need to tell these lads to slow down because they're not doing anything to tell a story. And Sean was like, they just want spot fests. So he's got Vince in mind and the fans in mind, and nothing that makes him or made him past tense of pro wrestling genius in mind. It's time he decides, like, I used to be good at this, but it's just, it baffles me that someone like Shawn Michaels can't do this because he used to be very, very incredible at his craft, and this is an abomination, an absolute, increasingly unfunny abomination. Anything actually happen on this show? Uh, not a lot, as somehow we'll get through. Uh, do you know, it's... I'm not calling ever for the return of the rotten bastards that were a core, that were at the core of the 2.0 um, reinvention. But the one thing that I had for it, and I, you know, we this is consistent because we put this over at the time as well. As hideous as some of that was, um, it was for somebody. Well, it was for about three people. <laughs> it wasn't for an audience. It was for Vince McMahon and yeah, it was three people. Yeah, it was for it was for Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard and John Laurinaitis and all these just these awful people that held all the power in this company. But the positive from that like negative sludge is that when a show has an audience, it also has a direction. It has a voice almost. It has a bit of identity, and we were obviously able to find fun satirizing that hideous and disgusting identity. This has those none. were the days, but. This is a return to why that needed to happen in the first place. Because black and gold, it was no longer clear who that was for. I was writing about, um, if I said to you, I was just writing about this in an article today, otherwise it, even I wouldn't remember. If I said to you, what was the main event of TakeOver 32? Anything? What was the date? Uh, uh, that will give it away. Carrying Cross, I'm going to guess. Yeah, not far away. It, it was, was at 30, wasn't it? October 2020. Oh. Oh, God knows. Right. So the main event of Finn that Balor. was... Finn Balor defending the NXT title against Kyle O'Reilly in the CWC, and it was full of grit. And it was for maybe Triple H. They broke each other's jaws. Yeah, even then, they felt tired of it. I was this NXT life, it was like, didn't care for that very much. In a grim setting with terrible atmosphere, Vincent Mann will have never watched that show in his life, and he was the guy that was supposed to be plucking these people up from then. 2.0, for all its... Inherent systemic awfulness existed for a purpose, and I'm struggling to see the purpose of this right now. I know it's a developmental brand. I know that it's theoretically teeing up wrestlers for the main roster, but the ones that are ready have been ready for ages, and the ones that aren't are absolutely nowhere near 
Like no, no, nowhere no, no, near ready. Nowhere further forward than they were no. in October of 2020, probably. All the four in the opening I mean, promo. The, the instances of NXT face on the main roster, or when they do main event, when Von Wagner does it, yeah. and the odd performer oh. uh, has a sort of a try. It's it's an absolute plague. They don't get taught how to wrestle or how to do anything like with a fake pretense of being organic, which is what pro wrestling is. Just cliche upon cliche upon mistimed spot, blown spot, getting lost. It's a farce, this system. A total and utter farce. And the show is a farce that's no longer perversely entertaining for me. We'll get to something. I think about, like, we can have this conversation now because we can just skim through some of the crap when we're reviewing it. But I think about when Sean was first brought into NXT and he was in the finishing class because they'd hired so many wrestlers that were finished that they needed something something to do other than bump drills in the performance centre. So you would have your, let's say, for example, Bobby Roode or Kyle O'Reilly just doing what they'd done forever. But Shawn Michaels trying to give them a WWE sheen. You know, you you can do everything you need other than maybe what Vince McMahon might like. So we'll try this. That felt purpose-serving, I guess. It didn't always work in practice, but it felt purpose-serving. What does it? What can it possibly look like now? The four people in the opening segment could just do that opening segment on a Raw SmackDown, and it wouldn't feel out of place. Grayson Waller has got it. Oh. Uh, who else on this show? Um, Mandy Rose, for better and worse, has got it, and has already done it, so that's probably why she's got it. And then briefly saw Mello. He can go. Yeah. There's you, sorry. He can, can go. There's probably two or three others I'm forgetting. But Tony you, D, yeah. This, this top line in your head, we all know who they are. And then... <laughs> on that, like with respect to Tony D, like the gap is enormous. It's an absolute chasm between these seven or eight people that might as well be on Raw SmackDown now versus everybody else. There is no, like, what are the middle classes in oh. the NXT performance that are like? Because I don't know who's in them. Yeah, that is, that is it. Will be, it would be like if it was a hall with three rings, it'd be one ring full of people going. How do you do a headlock? Another uh, <laughs> ring full of people just pulling off mint wrestling and then just an empty ring in the middle. You could make the argument that you need certain people like Roderick Strong and these types to bring on the next generation. Otherwise, it's the blind leading the blind. The Alba Fire role. Yeah. But they're not middle ring trainees, are they? That's no the, one yeah. really benefits. I've yeah. not seen any material benefit from this theoretical, clever, astute system that's in place where you have these old wise and people who can call it in the ring or get over in like Alabama in front of 200 people because it's an art and they know how to do it and they're practiced. I don't see any evidence of their having any tangible effect on the others. That indicates to me it's just a fundamentally flawed system. What they're better off doing is if they need the safeguarding of, we can't just send them anywhere. Under WWE contract, but yeah, you've got a book in there. That's good. That's a hard time to get over. If you get over there, you're probably going to do better than performance center. But set up... Then again, they're kind of damned if they do and damned if they don't, if I'm being devil's advocate here. If WWE struck several arranged uh, partnerships with, like, I don't know, Circle Six or, like, another indie promotion, people would say, oh, they're trying to monopolize it again. So maybe there is an element of they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. But at the same time, just just get wrestlers who know how to wrestle and then <laughs> don't make them be boring like Triple H did. It's like, just do what AEW does. It's not really that hard. <laughs> I was trying to think who I'd put in that middle ring right now because I was going to say maybe Trick Williams, but Trick Williams has to go with Melo. So they're all going to the main roster. Mm-hmm. Cameron Grimes, main roster. Roxanne Perez, main roster. You know, all the names we've already listed. In my head, I have Julius Creed in the middle ring. And that's about Zoe it. Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark, maybe Cora Jade to maybe a certain Zoe Stark's extent. better than half the women on SmackDown, if yeah, not I, all of them. I just think from a character point of view, you can see why they haven't called her up yet. 
It's it's rougher on it's the edges. It's always stark. Better than anyone on SmackDown in the women's division who's there full-time. She's better than Ronda Rousey. Just uh, better what than... What are we the, talking about? Like, in-ring? In-ring? Yeah. She's better than Rousey. She's um, better than Natalia. Yeah, Aaliyah. But she's way better than Aaliyah. Shayna's probably better. And she's probably going to get profiled under Triple H properly, so... But not many... Like, that division's been a mess for ages. Absolutely ages. Get Tegan Knox back. Well, it'll probably happen if it was a visa stuff or something. Really, yeah, really yeah. it's going to be happening. Anyway, let's talk about this show. Let's run through it because yeah, very quickly. Yeah, we <laughs> we don't have to spend a lot of time. I'll I'll talk and you can just say, "Yep, that happened." Uh, so the show opened. We'll have some fun with it though. So don't don't oh, stop yeah. listening. And uh, who knows? Maybe <laughs> just maybe there might be a special guest showing up on this show. A little special guest. <laughs> and I may have hacked into uh, WWE's uh, answering machine again. Did you get it again? Yeah, it's a, it's a clever board, that isn't it? It's, it's got all those uh, funny noises and it can do that. It's actually stacks. It's very good at hacking. <laughs> a stacker. So yeah, sirens open the show and here comes Brian Breaker <laughs> to bark with the studio audience yeah. uh, and say, oh, what a great night Halloween Havoc was, not just for me, but also for Wesley, North American champion. Before he can get any further, he'll pretty daily interrupt. Um, and they come out and they go, oh, you bloody go again. And they say... <laughs> They say, you're the absolute worst, and we are absolutely sick of it. Uh, oh, speaking of which, actually, I've just, that's just reminded me. I've, met, I've meant to show you this for like three weeks. Uh, thank you to James Fraser, who finished a 12-hour shift and said, oh, I've got, I had now to do. So I went crazy slash stupid, and uh, he's made this. Uh, and he writes, yes, boys! This is... Uh, Pretty dadly. <laughs> yes, boy. <laughs> yes, boy. If you want to see this, I, I will. Uh, I will post it uh, underneath the uh, the Twitter link to this podcast because I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Side dad check. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you once again to James Fraser. Thanks, James, for that. Um, yeah, you're the absolute worst, Bron says uh, Elton. I think it was, and uh, Bron says, "Oh, hello, Jesus. What do you wankers want?" <laughs> That's a wankers chant. I love Americans trying to do British accents. I realise pot kettle, you know, people in glass houses and all that. <laughs> but I'm Quindalina. It, it, it was like literally two days ago that somebody from Texas emailed us in and we just did Tony D voices. Hey, I'm from Texas. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. Huh? <laughs> Except your tiny boy. <laughs> uh, he said, uh, oh, God, it, Kip says it's bad enough seeing Wesley talk last week. Now I've got this bell end in the ring trying to do his British accents. Um, they said we should have uh, opened the show after we defended our title successfully last week. We want the spotlight. Uh, Wesley comes down and does his, hello, wacky baby face champion. Such a... Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say John Cena's got a lot to answer for, but it's not even really his fault. Really? He just, he just <laughs> was the blueprint for that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, his fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says, oh, thanks, Bron. Me and you, good pals. A bit of banter. And they say, your hair's nice, pretty deadly. And uh, he says, you know what, does Bron Breaker, you you, you do your, your thing. And, and Wesley does a big introduction, and uh, Bron Breaker gets in for, oh, it's pretty deadly. Uh, and they all they stand at the back, and they conspire, Sige, uh, whilst this is all going on. Um, and uh, they do the whole uh, side blade check. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Oosh. <laughs> uh, and Bron says, oh, "I'm sorry to interrupt, lads, but uh, if you're gonna you're gonna start the show, uh, you know how this works by now. Someone's gonna come out and interrupt you." Where says, "Yeah, there's kind of a pattern to this whole thing. Please stop doing this wrestling." 
wrestling, and I include AEW in this, stop it now. It's worse than it. I, just stop doing the yeah. crap that you yourself are acknowledging as yes. crap, or just live in your own filth. You, don't, <laughs> you can't say, oh, bloody hell, this always happens, isn't it? Yeah, because... You, because you book it like yeah, this, you book it like this, you book it like this. I'm fake. going to stop watching wrestling. You're telling me it's fake to my face. I'm going to stop no. watching it. <laughs> uh, and uh, they say, oh, uh, someone usually comes out and challenges you for the titles. And Elton says, oh, who's uh, who's it going to be this time? And Wesley says, us. And uh, they, <laughs> they try their best. Elton says, I knew I never liked you. <laughs> uh, and they says, we'll have the last laugh. We'll be smiling um, uh, when we retain our titles. And says, oh, no, Bron, Bron says, oh, no, we're going to be the new tag team champions. And Elton says, this show sucks. No lies detected. <laughs> folks, uh, where's the lie? <laughs> uh, he says, oh, the show sucks, can't get any worse. And then here comes our truth. Anything you want to say? About <laughs> uh, yeah, I do want to say something, actually. Don't either live in your own filth or make better TV. Don't. Be meta and cute and take the piss out of your own TV. Just do better TV, yeah. you arseholes, right? What was there was AEW did do that recently? What, MGF had to do it. In in his defense, he has to protect his star power but because anyone backseat, yeah. anyone in that context now just instantly looks like a jobber. Mm. If you're not in the ring doing a promo, you look like a jobber to me who just gets interrupted. So MGF, I will respect that, had to do it off his own back. Another thing about this, right? It is law for any lean baby face under 5'11", in WWE, to be an insufferable <laughs> And it is just... I'm sorry, that's the last swear word. I'll try and get out. My God. Justified, to be fair. What's the difference between Wesley, Mustafa Ali, Gargano. Ricochet, and Johnny Gargano? They are written in exactly the same Zach Morris way, and I'm absolutely sick of it. I think they are geeks. They are turning me into the worst kind of pro wrestling commentator. I don't want to be there. Young guys, your asshole. They are. They are. <laughs> Get Ming back in this bitch. It's ridiculous. I hate them so much. I hate the way they talk. If there's anything worse, right, than a robotic, easygoing... <laughs> I own this room, guys. John Cena-style character is when they can't even do it and they're not suited to it and they don't have the same charm, if you want to call it that, that John Cena had. He obviously had it. I didn't experience it, but he obviously had yeah. it. When they bumble over the lines, it's like, you're meant to be easygoing. Stop it, you're nervous. <laughs> you're meant to be owning the room here. Stop being nervous. You're failing at a fake job. You're doubly fake. I hate you all. I hate this show so much. It is so bad, and I hate the way they write these baby faces. I hate them so much, and I'm looking forward to Dynamite at night because it makes me like John Moxley more. I quite enjoyed Pretty Deadly and Bron Breaker's interactions, actually. <laughs> Bron Breaker figuring out how much he wanted to commit to smelling the hair was, was all right by me. It's great hair, to be fair. It's good hair. Um, That's fantastic hair. Good <laughs> Good here. Uh, Bron Breaker is a better... This is not... A, it's really tricky, this, because it's not a good thing, fundamentally, but he's not a bad game show host guy. Remember Drew McIntyre sort of picked it up in 2020? But you don't want that anymore. I don't want that skill. No, no. But he's not bad at it. So I thought he could, like him coming out and, uh, hey, that uh, hell, we have a couple of squad. I just watched that on the WWE Network because I was in it. Like It's a weird person to be, like going back and watching the show mm. that you were on and then recapping it for people. But All not, people should. He's not, he's not bad at it. Um, All people should watch the show, just don't tell me. Yeah, yeah. So they got a halfway right, bless them. And I, like, I thought the match combination was interesting as well. I just wish they found a different way to, like, 
just put that on a poster and we can talk about it on a preview. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, it's quite interesting. Like, we're the best champions. No, we're the best champions, a, all right. Ring of Honor used to make an angle out of it. The Champions Challenge thing used to be a thing because yeah. people know they like the look of the visual of champions fighting champions and who who's the best. They could have just advertised. Like, it's WWE to set the match up that way rather than just promoting it as two baby faces versus two heels. Who's the best? I will say this did put me in a really bad mood for the whole show, though. Like, it just was like, oh, God. It's like, oh, just painful, isn't it? Just, I had an existential crisis on the way to work, didn't I? <laughs> I did. Like, what am I doing? Would you what say, am I watching this? Would you say in terms of hair, though, uh, Pretty Deadly are head and shoulders above the rest? Why are you like this? Hang on, we got them in the mid-roll, lads, because we kind of bury that, because it'll sound like we're burying them. If you've got Before a, we go any further, that's it's, <laughs> dandruff or whatever. it's a good product. It's terrible joke, good product. The eucalyptus one is unreal. I'll take some free bottles of that if they want to sponsor. Okay, I'll look into it. Thank you, yeah. I'll send them this audio because I'm sure that'll be a ringing endorsement for them. Yeah. Oh, no, we don't associate with that bell end. Thank you. <laughs> uh, right, so then it was time for um, the real star of NXT, Grace and Bloody Waller versus R-Truth. Uh, there's not really much point analysing this match, however, because, of course, it was stopped due to uh, R-Truth's injury. He tried to do a dive uh, over the uh, top, a flip dive to the outside onto Grace and Waller. I think he undershot and sort of simultaneously caught his leg on the top rope. Yeah. Uh, so he landed really awkwardly. He immediately grabbed his knee. You knew it's, it's, it, it instantly, yeah, this isn't part of it. Um, they, I think they went to picture-in-picture picture at, at that time. And uh, Grayson Wall, you can just see, being a bellend in the middle of the ring. Like like you say, the amount of people who just gone, I don't know what to do. And Grayson Waller just goes, oh, revert to type. There's a great clip on Twitter you should go and check out, which is Grayson Waller, I assume, in the in the gap between the, 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 the show coming back properly. Doing a spin rooney and it cuts to it cuts to Booker T and he despises the <laughs> Um But yeah, I think you'd even sort of partially saw the ref throw up the dreaded X before we even went to picture in picture. Um, R-Truth is properly injured. The match is called off. We obviously uh, wish him well in his recovery. You never want to see something like that. But um, yeah, it's to take something good out of this situation, Grayson Waller doesn't freeze up. He just gets on the mic and says... I'm not surprised, motherfucker. He says it, <laughs> says it doesn't matter what brand. I'm the most dominant person in this company. He's acting like he's won it. He's, he's everyone's sleeping on me. I just beat a 20 year vet. He just he didn't finish the match. He didn't pin him or anything like that. But yeah, he says this is my house. Nobody's gonna change that. He's the best. This promo felt like it was gonna happen anyway because you would have assumed Grayson Waller would have won. Um, and I love that he decided we're gonna do it anyway because. Probably instructed. Well, yeah, instructed, but the the heat that it was going to generate, even within this tiny building, tiny building, was better through this than through the wrestling's weird like that, isn't it? Like, had he just beat him, it wouldn't have felt as real and as authentic in Grayson Waller's character. It's really unfortunate, and, we, you know, injuries are an awful thing, and we always make a point of just, you know, sending best wishes and stuff. But this is not a dig at our truth, but it's a, just a wider point, I thought, worth making because of the nature of the industry. Didn't... Dexter Loomis get injured in a very similar way as well. Didn't he attempt yeah, to dive? To flip over the top. No, what they tried to do this shot where the idea is this methodical, slow, boring guy is yeah. actually Ricochet because he can do the thing that Ricochet did to okay, the person yeah. that we don't want to give publicity. Um, but the idea was everyone's meant to look shocked at what the, the supernatural adjacent Dexter Loomis is capable of and because he's not actually capable of it in real life, he snapped his ankle. Yeah, it, like... To go And again, to go back to the Shawn Michaels point, we're talking about, about the agent in the matches. We know loads of things that R-Truth can do, but nobody is expecting R-Truth to do a dive. And maybe he's just thinking, well, I'm on NXT. 
I'm going to do something a little bit flashier because I'm in with a young guy and it might create a bit of spotlight. Does that not come with it as well? Like, obviously, here's the match. Well, uh, welcome back to NXT Truth. Uh, go like five minutes and then obviously dive into the uh, Brad break. That's literally what we do every single goddamn ad break that we do. So you're stuck doing it whether or not it's really yeah. part of your repertoire or not. It's like, there's something reckless underneath this that has nothing to do yeah. with our truth, I think. But it's that's not just my fault, speculation. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not much to say. Like, if someone under shoots it, it's, it's, it's unforgivable if the person doing the dive is landing as intended, and the person then misses the dive. Should Grayson Waller have shown much better instincts here? Possibly. It's just it's not what I want to get into, to be honest. Mm. Unfortunate. Uh, let's move on, because it was time for Vic Joseph to have his own... Oh, uh, he's there. Then we've got um, Joe Gacy, Mick Jagger, Robbie Fowler, <laughs> and Ava Rain, the rock's daughter, yeah. uh, there. And then he wants to find out why it all happened, along with videos of them wearing the creepy, well, not creepy, the masks, the cheap masks. Um, and Ava Rain says, I've been around this WWE my entire life. She doesn't say the word family, but she might as well. Yeah. Um, no one really took the time to get to know her since she joined until she met the Um she talks about getting injured and the fact that the only people to check on her, uh, one of the only people to check on her was was Joe Gacy. Uh, and uh, Vic's talking to her and she's like, oh, you're a prick, you Vic. Uh, <laughs> you're making assumptions like everyone. And uh, We've never called him Prick Joseph before. All knob gags over like nearly two years doing this. Um, and uh, so Vic turns his attention to Gacy and says, have you got a renewed focus uh, since you've got this newest member. And Joe says, it's not about what we can get from her, but what she can get from us. And Robbie Fowler says, we've been compared to other groups, but no one can match our unity. Uh, and they even offer Vic Joseph, I think, a place in the gym. Um, <laughs> uh, he's not, he doesn't fancy it. Uh, Mick Jagger says, we're not responsible for the unfavorable reactions. And then uh, Joseph references a tweet from... Um all about how the Gigim have brainwashed uh, Ava. She says, no one's brainwashed me. Uh, I just saw what you couldn't see, you bloody idiot, Cameron Grimes. Um, and uh, you didn't win. You paid two other guys to help you win. Uh, and they're going to do it all again, well, one more time, Gacy versus Grimes. I think it was next week. Um, and uh, they conclude by saying, the Gigim is uh, strong together because we are four roots, one tree. I never want to watch the Yeezum and Cameron Grimes interact ever, ever, ever again. So this couldn't have ended on a sour note for me personally. This is terrifying, this. Right. I think it's a terrible group. And I thought it was an all right backstory. Like, I think there were worse origin stories to come up with than the reason, like, she's, well, especially when she's gone out injured, that Joe Gacy's spotted something, spotted a weakness. Mm. And the idea that she, nobody's given her the time of day based on, who she is and all that. I don't think it's an awful backstory. Truthfully, like earnestly, it's not the worst way that, that she joins a cult. It's it's not that bad when you really think about it. But this act is lame. It's overscripted within an inch of its life. It feels too fake, even though like this is the sort of thing that if it was done properly by proper writers for a TV show or a film, it would all make total sense and it would all hang together. So it's just a shame that it's within wrestling because I actually don't think the idea is terrible. I think the execution of it, and I think these characters, they're there to be laughed at. It's a, I don't know, I don't know how you do it though, because I don't know how the 
like the Judgment Day. I don't laugh at the Judgment Day anymore. They're a bunch of arseholes dicking about on Raw, but I see them as real human beings. Not these, not with the contact lenses, not with the way that right, Robbie Fowler and Mick Jagger look. You look at them five seconds, you're not, you're not people, you're cartoons. Mm. And it's just a shame because I think there's... The seeds are something half decent there, but it's it's never it's never going to sprout into a real tree. It's just crap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I realise it was pre-recorded, so there may have been some editing trickery in there. But I thought Ava Rain was a good talker here. That was the uh, the only. But it was just like when I say a good talker, I mean she got the words out. <laughs> yeah, verbatim reciting <laughs> the, the bollocks she was told to remember. Yeah, not a good promo, I don't think. Um, big body Javi's there. I like big body. Javi. She's learning, so now yeah. shouldn't be. That's that's the fatal flaw of this podcast. Development like there she is in the first ring, yeah, yeah. the three ring thing, yeah, yeah. in the three ring circus. There she is. Um, so they're outside HBK's office. There's Big Body Javi. Uh, there is uh, Malik Blade. There's Idris Anofe with his top off. Oh my god. Um, he says, "Look, you're uh, you're great athletes, guys. You're not championship material." They're referencing their title match recently, of course. He says, "Don't waste your time having a meeting with John Michaels." Uh, instead, you just watch my match. Uh, and he said, "Actually, Sean's called me to his office to tell me who I'm going to be facing." And the person he's going to be facing walks out of HBK's office. It's Odyssey Jones. Uh, then we're backstage in the women's locker room earlier on in the day. Uh, in walks Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons. I think they just established earlier on that they are going to get a rematch for those titles that they won and then didn't actually win. Um, and uh, Indy, Indy Hartwell walks up to her like, what's your bloody problem, Zoe? Uh, and she says, oh, uh, I'm, I'm grumpy, uh, basically. And, uh, and he says, well, some of us aren't so bloody lucky to get toddle shots if I'm bloody sinner. Um, and so he says, oh, you don't deserve one. You have to earn them. And then they get into it, and there's going to be a match later. This was excruciatingly bad acting uh, from everybody, absolutely everybody. And I think it was Nikita Lyons that did the, huh, title shots don't just get handed out around here. Yes, they do. All the time, <laughs> all the time. Like, don't again. Don't Indy say Hartwell's that. Actually, won a few matches of late as well. I don't say that out loud because they get handed out all the time to anybody. You can just cut a promo on the right guy and get a title shot. This is not the company to utter that line. And they just, just the performances here were criminal. Don't make them do this if they're not very good at doing it. Or be honest with them and say that's not your strong suit. Just wrestle instead. It's not for their strong suit either. <laughs> they're learning. They're learning. That's all you can say. They're learning. They're in a flawed system where they probably will never learn the real lessons, but they're trying. Can you imagine if we like the really endeavor? Imagine if we really level up instead. Please. <laughs> like, there's websites better than this. There's websites Anything's where they, than this. they write the matches up though, and you think, well, what what can you possibly be getting out of this? Uh, so, review main event. <laughs> <laughs> we'll still get Von Wagner. Uh, then we uh, see a segment with uh, the guys left from Chase U. Uh, Andre Chase is, is pumping up Thea Hale, uh, but she says, uh, Mr. Chase, something doesn't f- feel right, and it pans to the left, and there is, of course, no Bodie Hayward because he got released earlier on in the day by WWE. Like challenge for the right. How can we trivialise somebody's lost their job? And uh, uh, they're rubbing their hands there. They cannot wait. What, what kind of gag bit can we do? Text on it, Mrs. Fawn on hard times. Bodie Hayward's missing. Yeah, it's just sacked. People have lost their jobs, lost their livelihoods. Wankers. <laughs> uh, Wankers. Yeah, I hate them all. There was a, a, a the flag, obviously, no one there to carry it. Who's going to carry it, she says. <laughs> Duke Hudson, like a American football uh, cheerleader thing, burst through. I'll carry it. I do like, I, I, I said this yesterday. It kind but of. But I'm here, would have you? It, well, this, is the, <laughs> this is the thing. I said this yesterday. Like, I'm really excited to see what happens with this Duke, Duke Hudson and Bodie Hayward. Oh, by the time the podcast had gone out, it had already been released. Yeah. 
Sorry about that, Bodie. Like, uh, this, there's reports coming from Alvarez about the reasoning why he's been fired, but... What is it? He's just difficult to work with, I think, was, was the general consensus. All right, okay. Doesn't seem it. That means he's a good worker. But yeah. yeah, he was, you know, what I saw the video on his Twitter, he's clearly upset about being released, and... Uh, I yeah. think he'll find a way back. Yeah. I think they might realise that, oh, there's no mark on NXT, the show that no one really watches. He's got a cult following, and there's a bit of a mm. minor uproar. He might find his way back. He's a young lad. He's, he's just a bit immature. Independent of that as well. We all know an immature person in our life who need to grow up. Yeah. (laughs) When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, right, then it was time for Thea Hale versus Kiana James. Uh, beforehand, Kiana James give her, gives her assistant a, a, a letter or some important document to go and uh, to go and hand to someone else. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. I, I thought that was a business sound effect. Sorry, I don't know what's, what's going on there. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a franking machine for a letter, not a wanking one. Hold on. Andre Chase and Duke Goods are in. You do franking, Sid. You're an admin. I never did franking. I used to love that. Like you get that task at the end of the day, it was a nice one. What, Just is, like, what is franking? Yeah, it's a way that yeah, like a company can pay for postage without paying for stamps. Oh uh, yeah. But it, if you work in any administration job, it's great because you just get an armful of letters and you buy yourself by an hour of your day doing a ten minute job. <laughs> what was the job that? I, uh, my first ever job was uh, scanning bits of paper into a thing for like three hours. And then for the last two hours of your shift, you would look at a number on one screen, input it onto the next one for two yeah. hours. Just the easiest thing you'll ever do in your life. Great. Great, man. I remember doing work experience, yeah. And it was just... on the piss with the money you generated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a bit. I did that. I did, like, d- data entry at the council, basically, for my work experience. And I was like, you do this all day. I mean, it's boring as sin, but it's easy, this. And like you say, you get money for this. I love doing yeah. it. I would, it's great. Honestly, if this never, I'd, I'd go back to that. I really enjoyed it. It's a bit of easy graft. Really well, enjoyed it. Thankfully, now we are really working hard. So that's the <laughs> <laughs> we're hey, the I work hard, dickhead. We're the, we're the real heroes. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Essential, some might say, actually. 
Now, I worked at university and the, the classrooms had like paper timetables on and it was apparently the worst job that if you were given the task of going around a campus and just putting all the paper timetables in. Like two hours of walking around, stick my headphones in. This is, this is work now, is it? Class. Alone, away from the colleagues and their terrible conversations. Endlessly terrible yeah. conversations. Shout out to anyone that listens I used to work with. Let's, go, let's get that Christmas night out plan soon. Right, uh, Keanu James hits a finish on Thea Hale, um, but uh, Duke Hudson, who's uh, kind of infiltrating Chase U a little bit, cheats, puts her foot on the bottom rope, like, ref, ref, put on the ropes. And uh, Andre Chase is like, this isn't what Chase U's all about. Piss off, tells him you got to leave ringside. And of course, that distracts Thea Hale. She turns around into another finisher from Keanu James, one, two, three. Oh, and post-match, in runs Charlie Dempsey to attack Andre Chase, who's helping Thea Hale up, uh, puts him in a choke. Hudson runs down to make the save, though. He's the real hero here. Saves Andre Chase and offers a hand to Thea Hale and a bit of a wink. Yeah, that was weird. She's like 19 or something. Yeah. Not, not everything has to be sex. Not everything. It's basic. Like, nothing to say about the match. Like, not a single thing to say about the match. Um, like, this woman... This girl, Thea Hale, right? Yeah. Is like what? How how old are you in America to get to college? I still I think they're under twenty one because yes. they still have to like oh my god, how are we gonna get the beers? Yeah, yeah. For the party. So I'm pretty sure gotta get the keg. Keggers. Keggers. I think Craig has got the keg. Craig's got the keg. So I'm trying to make a salient point here. Well the cops are coming. I'm trying to make a salient point here. She's 18, 19? Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah. She's in her first semester or something, right? Yeah, she's a freshman. And as you can tell from her behavior, she, in her personality, she's absolutely buzzing by eager as anything to be in wrestling and to learn about wrestling and to be involved in wrestling. And she hero worships wrestlers. So the idea, at her age, mm. that there's a guy who's been on TV and has a certain power over her, and he's now trying to, like, sort of get his way in there. It's not on, this. Yeah, no. It's not on. It's like a power dynamic. It's ugly. But at least she's got the, that room to herself now because she was sharing it with Bodie Hayward, so, you know, yeah. every cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my first few weeks at university. I was I was 100% Thea Hale in all this. Just absolutely. You're I remember sending Thea Hale today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's still, still the same. I still remember getting a phone call from my parents because some, some of my mates went to uni and, you know, the distance and the, the change of scenery and the, you know, change of life, basically. They said, oh, yeah, um, your, your friends uh, have, have come home, actually, like first, second weekend at uni. Um, they've come home, they're a bit homesick. How are you feeling? I was like, yeah, I'm off to go get pissed at the union. Bye. <laughs> Love you, bye. How is it? I waited about a month, I think. Yeah, I think I did a month. And I think that was partly because I just had a bag full of washing. washing and yeah. I didn't want to use the laundry. Did you have halls that were just your own room, though? Because whenever I see American dorms, it stresses me out yes. so much. Co-eds. Co-eds. Like a shared kitchen and living room with these complete strangers was a bit nerve-wracking. Yeah, yeah I had good housemates in the end, but imagine a room. Yeah, that's at too, least I could go back to my room. That's too much, isn't it? Yeah, I could go back to my room and masturbate in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I could piss in my own sink if I couldn't be bothered to go to the toilet. Oh my god! Well, I still remember the, when the lads like second years for some reason losers came round being like, "Oh, I used to live in this room." Congratulations! That was so weird. That wasn't it? I, I, I was like, is, this, is this a thing people do? And yeah, and they came in. Like, oh, this used to this used to be my room. And I was like, oh. Oh, it used to be quite a few people's rooms, presumably. Is that like weird? Also, oh, the bed was there as well. Yeah, it's because the only place it'll fit in this room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to put the wardrobe there. And he literally said... He I moved mine. 
Yeah, I'm a vibe ad. We had no, yeah, no fancy dance. Oh. Spacious enough to move stuff, was it? International student, are we? Student mansion of residence, <laughs> it appears. We actually Wait, had Leeds. Our, we, yeah, we, yes, it was University of Leeds, but they had purchased the Breton School of Arts Drama School, which was in the rural countryside. I still think of you living in the woods in Wakefield. We lived in the, yeah. lived in the woods. <laughs> um, still red brick, but, you know, a rural arm of it. You know. And uh, we actually, in this beautiful, like, estate, rural estate, we had our um, lectures and seminars in a shoot mansion. It's amazing. Where a shoot mansion called Breton Hall. Sunderland. Ex-Poly. Ex Garbage. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. I went to Warwick. Warwick. Warwick University. Warwickshire. Where, where? Uh, you say Warwick. Hang on. What A-levels did you get? You can tell us afterwards. What do you mean? What did I study or what did I get grade-wise? You don't have to tell us. I don't mind saying. What, which one do you mean? What did I study or what did I get grade-wise? A bit of both. Uh, I studied law, performance studies, and geography. Law? I could have been. A, my parents wanted me to be a lawyer. No, imagine he means, he that. How fast did that dream die? Smart Mark Sterling over here. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I might have got rejected off either Warwick or East Anglia. But it was it's theatre because the, the Warwick is a big a big theatre place. Yeah, that's why I was going to do creative writing. Uh, of I course, think those yeah. assholes rejected me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's laughing now? I could have been on your goddamn prospectuses. If you study here, you'll get a job in your field. I've got a job in my field, Warwick. So what do you think of that? Oh, you're like a taste of that. You get the email from the alumni group saying, Him! Oh, would you come back and do a speech? And you drop a I paper. Imagine me. On, uh, they, haven't, they haven't asked me to be as part of the... Uh, the they should! You've made it! I need video footage of your like performance art assignments. Oh. and. Oh, no, well, I'll bring, I'll bring Bugsy Maloney and we can watch that where I play Fair Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, and the lad came in and said, uh, oh, she should be in my room. Huh? Pissed in your sink, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that an option? It was. It was. Uh, right. Yeah. So we're backstage. Oh, sorry, I keep remember remembering what we're actually here for. Just pissed in the sink, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're backstage, and there's uh, Boris Johnson, Sir Wanksalot, and uh, Fallon Henley. Uh, in, in walks uh, Kiana James's assistant. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. I thought that was going to be a uh, country music thing for you know the the boys. Uh, they got some going off you. Yeah. Got some paperwork uh, and they didn't tell us what it is. That's pointless. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, Wesley and Brombreaker are uh, uh, stretching out before their match. Later, in comes uh, Robert Stone and says, "You're a prick for not defending your title, Bron. Fighting for someone else's." Uh, and he says, "You should, you know, you should be fighting a guy you're scared of, Bob Wagner." Uh, and uh, and then Bron says, like, oh, next time he shouldn't send his bitch. He should come and ask himself, basically, which is quite good, quite nice. I can't remember exactly what he said. I wasn't really paying that much attention. No, no I really do. It's hard uh, to a podcast, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then it was uh, Big Body Javi versus Odyssey Jones. Odyssey Jones is in-ring return, of course. He was, he's was he been out with a knee injury, so, of course, Big Body Javi targeted that. Uh, eventually, though, Odyssey Jones fights back and hits a sort of, a sort of deep six. There was like a swinging boss man slam but also sort of deep six S, but he wins. Good to see Odyssey Jones back in the back in the Ws. Yeah, it kind of felt like he was falling over, falling forward, hitting that finisher as well. It wasn't the uh, cleanest execution. I, I thought Not everyone could be Baron Corbin. I thought that I thought the whole point of Odyssey Jones was that he had to be spectacular too, and there was very little of that here. I don't know if it was like slow down, make make him wait, make him come. Like, Nobody's going to wait. Nobody's going to come. 
No one's going to come. No one's going to come. Watching <laughs> someone, <Spritz> maybe. <laughs> watching someone who is decidedly not Bret Hart try and chop down a tree. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, then it was time for the big toxic attraction. Time, it's good. Time for the big toxic attraction. Mandy Rose, one year celebration. Uh, there's uh, sexy men with champagne in the ring and there's the sofa and all that bollocks. Um, they all walk down to the ring. JC Jane says, bow in the presence of greatness. It's been a year proving everyone wrong. She's the best bitch in the game. Uh, Gigi Dolin says, uh, Mandy's untouchable. Everyone mocked her, but she's proven she's superior to everyone in the locker room, man or woman. Um, JC says she's fought legends, underdogs, and unified the NXT championships. Uh, they've made Toxic Attraction the most dominant women's faction in NXT history. And they've been working hard. They've made her a video package, and that does the whole, oh, one year as champion thing. And then Mandy has a nice line of after that of like, oh, not bad for a bit of eye candy, is it? Um, she says, that's what, you know, I've always been in, you know, the fans have, have needed this for five years. Two years ago, I realized I needed to sort of back myself. I made the choice to come to NXT. It's the best decision I ever made. And with the help of these two, Toxic Attraction have risen to the top. Numbers, ratings, and merchandise don't lie. Um <laughs> Um, you do if you're using them. People, uh, people think she couldn't hold the title because it's it represents the greatest women wrestlers in the world. Uh, but she does the whole, you know, put some respect on my name. It's not just a catchphrase; it's the truth. Um, she says, "I've given everyone in that locker room a shot at the title. I've beaten them all on the way to the top. Uh, no one's going to be, you know, taking this away from me. Uh, and if you've got a problem with that, you can come find me." And then all of a sudden, the ring films fills with smoke. And then the taker is it? There's, <laughs> like Ultimate Warrior. Uh, there's Alba Fire, and she's got the bat, and she attacks Gigi Dolin, JC, and JC. Mandy bails out of there. She takes out one of the. Sexy man. Um, and then she uh, bombs Gigi through the table. And she says, all right, this week's Gigi. Next week's JC Jane. Week after that, boom, coming for your title. Where I, there's smoke, there's fire. I'm amazed I didn't say this. Yeah, I was astonished. I believe that Mandy Rose believes what she's saying. I quite liked it on that basis, you know. Yeah, I, I, she spoke with such conviction that it was hard to be a cynical twat or... Like undermine some of the obvious falsehoods that she was spouting as she was talking, because most of this promo was really good. And if only there was a little bit more in the way of a back catalogue to back this up, or if like more of it was true, because she believes it, and that's cool. Like I want this to feel real, and she made it feel real. I do not want to watch Alba Fire run the Toxic Traction Gauntlet only to lose again. She beat her. It's done. Like, there's a lot of this in NXT at the moment. They're running back stuff that you didn't even really want the first time that much. It was pretty cheesy or it was pretty rubbish. But I thought Mandy Rose, like, handled herself really, really well. It, like, felt like, for one of the first times, ironically enough, considering she's had it a year, felt like she was elevating the title by holding it and, like, credit to her for that. I think, yeah, the, the things throughout this entire show, I was like, oh, can't get to deadline, can you? So we're going to set up some temporary style yeah, challenges. Ah, oh, it's crap, man. <laughs> uh, right, back. I did like Mandy Rose's promo, you know. Can I just shock you? I thought. She yeah. really wanted to say this. And uh, the conviction was something. Mm. Uh, right, we're backstage with Apollo Crews. <laughs> Forgot about it. Uh, you, me got too. Me, you, you popped uh, a fart. I realised yesterday, I was like, you were here, Adam. You mentioned Apollo Crews and you didn't do the fart. <laughs> Warwick University, right here. Uh, <laughs> says, uh, pretty deadly. Should have been <laughs> me. <laughs> He says, pretty dearly got their moment in the sun. Um, uh, he talks about Bron Breaker. says, everyone in the NXT universe wants to see us have a fight. Um, so, do, so do I. Bron doesn't recognize me, though. Um, I'm a matchup problem for anyone in NXT. Um, 
and uh, nothing's happened since they had that stare down a while back. Uh, Bron's been running from me. In comes Von Wagner uh, <laughs> and says, uh, you, you're a macho problem. Well, I'm a problem problem, basically. <laughs> uh, I'm just a straight up problem. And he says, uh, don't waste your time. Uh, iron up Bron because I'm going to be champion next. I mean, Apollo Crews would know. You yeah. could just say, well, I've, I've checked, actually, and you don't win it. I do. <laughs> so Apollo Crews versus Bron Breaker is honestly not a bad thing to build. Cool. I like Apollo Crews' promo here. Mm. Very animated. Like, just he feels like he's got loads of confidence about him. Yeah. But when this rap was, I was just great athlete, but now else about him? No, that's bollocks on this evidence. So, yeah, I'm into that versus Bron. Um, we got a voicemail next. You want to hear it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot what he said. This was accompanied with uh, footage of him defacing... Be, be, being in retribution. Yeah, <laughs> defacing the performance centre and writing his name. So at least they know it does have a Y in it. It's clarified now. Yeah, they should know. Yeah, they didn't know this last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've... Uh, me and uh, Stax have done a bit of uh, hacking and uh, managed to get our hands on the voicemail. So, um, well, let's hear what Scripps had to say. You can scream my calls, but you cannot scream my fury. Sorry, I know we'll have to play that first bit again. <laughs> of course you can't scream your fury. No. <laughs> How can you screen someone's fury? Also... How can, I'm asking a question. Sorry, yeah, good point. How can someone screen someone's fury? Yeah. I ignore it, yeah. but you can't ignore my fury. The wordplay is pathetic. An emotion that specifically does not come in advance. It happens in the heat of the moment. Oh, if only I'd known that was coming and I would have been able to screen it. Yeah. <laughs> also, they're not screening his calls. He's calling up after hours. They're just ringing the daytime. and then The somebody footage was at night time. Yeah. They leave a voicemail. Like they're, they're wanting to call you back. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, very, they're, very, they're very polite about it, actually. Uh-huh. Sorry, I'm sorry we missed you. It's not even, remember on Beyond the Mat, that woman whose job was to just say, World Wrestling Federation. That was, that was the way that, <laughs> as if Vince had ordered it. It's like, when somebody rings, you want them to hang up without asking a question. World Wrestling Federation. Well, they've got to the trouble of making it quite a nice experience now. Yeah. Script's problem. Anyway, Chill out, we'll, script. Let's find out. Yeah. <laughs> you can scream my calls, but you cannot scream my fury. One by one, you all shall fall. So just let it happen. As it's written on the wall. And coming to NXT almost feels like home. Because inside those ropes, the canvas will be a place how I express how I feel in my bones. I will leave my mark, and I warn you all on my imminent start. Sincerely, Scream. That's Scripps got Warwick. Scripps is banter like. Yeah. Scripps went to Warwick. But also, inside those ropes, the canvas will be the place how I express how I feel in my bones. Do you reckon he was desperately trying to remember which button you have to press to re record your message when he said that? Because <laughs> that's, I mean, that's worse than screening your fury. It's just, it's too many words. It took him a long time to get to bones to the point where I had to ask you this morning. Oh, is he, yeah. Are you a poet or a rapper then, is he? Because I, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I was questioning it as I was watching the promo. So I'm sure this is this rhyming and assonance here, <laughs> but the, the rhythm and the register is all completely skew with. It's abysmal. It is bad even by their standards, this. And I'm in love with it a little bit. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And again, they always have to grab a headlock. They always have to find the hard camera. The script is going to have to find the hard camera. I cannot wait. I don't care who it is. I'm just excited to see what message he leaves next week. Yeah. And none of us won the game. Unfortunately, didn't yeah. say any of the words. We what was the m- word that you would describe as most Scripsian? Uh, 
Oh, I just had the. No way. You can scream my calls, but you cannot scream my fury. <laughs> one by one, you all shall fall. So just let it happen as it's written on the wall. Coming to NXT <laughs> almost feels like home. Because inside those ropes, the canvas will be a place how I express how I feel in my bones. I will leave my mark, and I warn you all on my imminent start. Sincerely, Scripps. It's imminent, isn't it? Imminent um, start commencement. Oh, I was, yeah. I was close, I was uh, close. Yeah, 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 yeah. I reckon... Oh my god, someone's listened to the podcast and went, Oh my god, these nerds have nailed us. We need to change it. <laughs> you need to drop commencement. <laughs> but you need to like put some of the words in there so it's the same length. Alright, okay. How I feel when I express my alright, okay. I'll do <laughs> you've got um, you've got one minute to say whatever. That's what that's what that's yeah. what's happened. Yeah, yeah. Indy Hollow <laughs> versus Zoe Stark was oh, next. God. Um Stark wrestled uh, a little touch heel here. Um she uh you well, really had to look for it, but it was there, there was something there, I think, actually. <laughs> there's also this thing where in the, it happened in this match, it happened it's kind of throughout where the lights were going a bit hmm. Mm. Maybe that's a thing. It is a thing. Uh, yeah, Scripts. That was a thing. Uh yeah, four more aggressive sides to Zoe Stark. Uh Hartwell gets thrown outside but her Nikita Lyons is like, Why are you so aggressive? Zoe, get back in the ring. And she's she's like, Yeah, we'll do. Uh, and, and then she's like, actually, no, I'm going to put her through a fucking table, actually. <laughs> Rips off the cover of the outs table. And Nikita's like, she's not worth it, Zoe. And uh, chucks her back in the ring. But, of course, the, the arguing between the tag team partners who are fighting for the title next week means that Zoe Starks gets pinned. She gets high kicked uh, and then nailed in the back of the head by Indy Hartwell. One, two, three. The ending was apparent from one mile away. Mm-hmm. Ruined my already complete zero investment in this match. Uh, Zoe Stark is a heel in the future I can get on board with, but yeah. Indy Hartwell, and I will be nice, she has in the past entertained me. Uh, nothing she does look like it hurt, looks like it hurts. It's as simple as that. Like It's just so mechanically formulaic and just kind of rest like you're told. There's now about her in ring. I'm sorry. For any time we talk about the WWE formula match type, there's a lot of evidence. If you don't really understand that, and it is sometimes hard to articulate, watching NXT is sometimes where you'll find it because that thing about things not hurting or things having to happen in a certain order, whether you like it or not, whether it feels real or it feels authentic within the context of simulated combat, it's there. There's loads of it on NXT. Um, I just I hate this. I hate any time where you can feel like the, the storyline is forcing people to act how they wouldn't. Yeah, I know Nikita Lyons is probably... It wants her to just to win fairly, but they've got the tag title match next week because title match is handed out. So why would she not just want her to really like batter Indy Hartwell? Like we have established that wins and losses do not matter, and she probably wouldn't have been DQ'd anyway. Just let her go through with it. Let her get it out of the system because then there won't be such tension between the two in the next week. It, that feels so forced and, and nonsense. Guys, they're on to us. We need to stop with the whole uh, "why am I so violent" thing. Cool. What about why are you so violent? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nikita Lyons is going to look at Zoe Stark's hands. Yes. Uh, T-Bar's there, or as Michael Sidgwick likes to call him now. Donovan Dickhead. Uh, his lies are no longer... Kenny Omega's the best. He's the absolute best. Absolute best. <laughs> Donovan Dickhead. <laughs> his lies are no longer shielded. I'm going to watch that at my lunch. 
Uh, a new order of high justice in NXT. Yeah. It isn't about anger or frustration. It's about authority. His authority. Just words. The authority. Dominic Dijakovic or whatever. That's his nickname now, isn't it? His finish is called the high justice because he's tall. <laughs> wank. It's absolutely pitiful. So utter wank. Just words that sound imposing. Yes. But he burnt the mask. I think people love that. He well, burnt, he burned it last week. He's, yeah, he's burnt it twice now. I burnt it at Halloween Havoc as well. Oh, yeah. He just keeps burning the crispy remains of the mask. Like Bray Wyatt, metaphorically. Um, right, and, and in one case, literally. Bray <laughs> Wyatt sucks. Valentina Feroz uh, is in action against Cora Jade soon, so she goes to ask the locker room leader, Sanger, <laughs> if he can be in her corner, but he says, I can't. Uh, sorry, V is there, and he says, uh, kindness is weakness, and they leave together. <laughs> I love that they persist with it. And that's great. It's so funny. It's the least credible thing in all of WWE and think of the ground that covers. (laughs) Is Via scripts? Because he's always talking about coming. I think you've just just cracked cracked this case wide open. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nikita is backstage and she says, Zoe, what's going on? Uh, And she says, I'm bloody pissed off as what's the problem, Nikki. Um, But I'll be on my game next week. And then the babyface champions come up and go, you guys suck. Uh, You're going to lose next week. And uh, so he goes, well, let me at him. They're, they're, these two are insuffrable, aren't they? Oh, Kata, God. Kata, everyone's, insufferable. everyone's insufferable. <laughs> Cora Jade versus Valentina Feroz. Oh, poor Feroz. She looked very sad walking tip ring on her own. Um, but she fires <laughs> up, takes Cora Jade down, takes <laughs> over, nails double knees off the rope. Cora Jade. Valentina Feroz, that's a nice name. Where are you from? Yorkshire. <laughs> Cora Jade fights back, trash talking the whole time. Booting her against and stamping her against the ropes, and she go, I've got till five, ref, basically. Um, picks her up. Uh, I've got I, till five. <laughs> Irish Wixer. NXT leads. <laughs> Inside cradle for Ferros for a two count. Goes up top for a crossbody, but Jade just moves out of the way. Hits a cent on DDT. One, two, three. Uh, and post-match, she attacks Ferros or goes to attack her with a kendo stick, I should say. Uh, and Wendy Chu, who was in one of the backstage segments earlier on, runs down to make the save, gets hit with a kendo stick, but fires back up, snatches it away from her, and uh, Cora Jade legs it. Cora Jade, Wendy Chu, six-week feud. Great. This match wasn't as bad as some of the other matches I've seen on this TV show of late. Bit of snap to it, bit of yeah. intensity to it, bit of in life. <laughs> Not you, great, but you know, stomach. Do you know I'm so desperate for Tony D to become world champion? Mm. He, there was a I'm, we're about to get to him and Stacks backstage, but I'm not sure when this happened. But earlier on, you know, when it like the deadline thing came up and it started with people with short names and eventually came people with yeah. the name that's as long as deadline. Last name they showed? D'Angelo. Yeah. They also showed McDonough, and I was like, oh. So, yeah, you know, trying to unpick some deadline law. You go on Reddit, you know, if you freeze frame the graphic. Yeah. Think the last thing you see before deadline is D'Angelo. It's, it's Larry the Dog. I mean, that's just a complete coincidence <laughs> because his name's long enough. But anyway, yes, they, uh, Tony D and uh, I can't really do an impression, really impression of him. Hey, what's going on, boss? I, I, yeah. Anyway. That's not a very good impression. No, well, I can't do one. Yeah, he's hard to do an impression. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just, I wish, I just wish, you know, I, I didn't have to. Hey, what's going on, boss? Oh, just doesn't work, does it? Hey, guys! Oh, oh it's it's time! Yeah, it's not going. Not too bad, Sidney, not too bad. Not sure if you saw, saw, but I had two waistcoats off for no goddamn reason last night. <laughs> I am a beautiful fashionista, so 
a white waistcoat and a black waistcoat. All in one go. And you typically wear what we would call a vest, but you were wearing two vests there. Three vests. Oh, it's winter time now. <laughs> You'll catch your death out there. Uh, anyway, uh, start. I'll do a Tony D impression. Yeah. And uh, can you do you? No problem, Adam. Okay, here we go. You should hear his voice, Dax. His, his you is terrible. Oh, it's awful, mate. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm too embarrassed to even do it in front of you right now. Well, do what it sounds like. Hey, what's going on, boss? Oh, it's rubbish. What do you make of that, Stax? Oh, it's awful, Adam. <laughs> I'm going to have an annual here in a minute. <laughs> All right, so. He's shaking. Tony D says, Hey! <laughs> I'm really going to struggle with this one. <laughs> hey, Stax, you, uh, you take care of that thing? And I say, Oh, don't <laughs> worry, boss. I took care of it. It's all good. And Tony D says, uh, <laughs> what was the thing, Sax? I cannot disclose that information. <laughs> but I got jokes for you. Don't worry, right, I'll make good. up. And Tony D says, uh, Oh, good. You know, Sax, I appreciate you persuading that vendor to push more Tony D merch. And I say, now that the darn shirt is front and center, like it should be. And then Tony D says, Oh, <laughs> I love it. It's like watching my son take his first steps. And then I say, well, thanks, Don. I appreciate it. And Tony D says, oh. <laughs> Let's get back to business. Oh, what we got going on, Tony? What you got is Hank Walker next week. Oh, Hank Walker? That is easy money. I'll take care of him. I got it, boss. <laughs> and Tony D says, Oh, <laughs> I know you were. Oh, look who it is. So you finally decided to go out on your own, huh? And it's Electra Lopez. And she says, damn right, it feels good being my own boss. He says, hey, uh, you know, I know a little something about that. And she says, oh, if you thought I was dangerous before, you watch how dangerous I am now. And I say, can you believe what? Dangerous on a own boss? And Tony says, actually, Stax, I can. Great. Oh, you're right, Will Vaughn. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, no, fine. I'm just doing a Tony D impression, so no bother. Thanks for that, Stax. No problem. Yeah, you had to get into character as Electra Lopez there, didn't you, while <laughs> Stax was doing that? <laughs> uh, thoughts on the segment before, uh, well, I assume Stax has got some jokes. Yeah, it's minimal thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah. My thoughts on that was that University of Leeds could never. <laughs> right. So before I go, guys, <laughs> got some jokes. As I said, I'm a bit of a fashionista now, so it's got a bit of a bit of a fashion slant to the jokes today. Oh, oh. I why literally the a fancy day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I got a little uh, got a little side project going on, you know. Uh, How many sure. jokes just so I can get myself three? Okay, okay. Just a three. Uh, I got a little side project going on. You don't got to guess the uh, punchline to this joke because it kind of has to be a run-on thing. Uh, so <laughs> I'm uh, making a little bit of extra extra dough on the side. Um, you know what I'm doing? I'm taking pictures of salmon dressed in human clothes. Picture that. A salmon dressed in human clothes. Hey, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> okay, you don't like that one joke too? <laughs> Joke two. <laughs> Sitch. 
What type of clothing does a house wear? A house wearing clothes. Picture that. I'm just, I'm just gonna try and get this one. Sorry, Starks. Bear with us. I know. It's, <laughs> I know com- you take your time. I know comedy's on the timing. And it's like shirt, leggings, roof, uh, woolly jumper. It's like uh, it's anything that like r- rhymes with like cottage. Like that's a fashion yeah. everywhere. Like um, a bungalow. Um. Semi-detached. <laughs> mansion. You're so close. Mansion. Types of houses like a high-rise. Pass. Pass. Address. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, 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 not oh, bad. Oh, not oh. bad. Finally, uh, what, yeah. uh, did you know uh, No Gucci? You like wear Gucci? You wear yeah. Gucci much? One of my waistcoats last night was Gucci. Not the other one, but one of them. <laughs> You know what uh, I seen? Uh, they launched a new uh, a new clothing line for babies. You know what it's called? So Gucci and babies. Gucci, 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 Gucci. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. That's goddamn right. The way I f-ing tell him, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> bye stacks. Bye stacks. Oh, bye stacks. <laughs> I, was, I was doing a radio interruption when he's mid flow there. That's why I always go a bit quiet. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, main event time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tag team titles on the line. Pretty daily um, versus Braun Breaker uh, and Wesley for the tag team titles. Um, and initially, the uh, the singles guys uh, are dominating the tag team guys. Uh, Lee Sunset flips uh, Kit Wilson. Uh, to start off with, rolls him up for a two count. Wilson gets pissed off when Lee flips away from him, so he tags in Elton Prince. Prince gets wrecked. In comes Bron Breaker, backdrop, running clothesline, drops him hard. But then, uh, And then just before we go to break, in fact, the two singles champs, Lee and Breaker, hit stereo Frankensteiners on Pretty Deadly to take us to a break. Uh, when we come back, though, the tag champs have taken over. Lee didn't see a blind tag. He gets taken out by Pretty Deadly. They work him over. They isolate him. They make sure he can't get over to his corner. Eventually, they manage to scramble over to a hot tag for Bron Breaker, who comes in, cleans house, runs wild. Double suplex on both Pretty Deadly uh, by Bron Breaker, which was great. Um, and it looks like the uh, the title's maybe about to change hands. Breaker takes out the uh, illegal member of Pretty Deadly. And uh, I think it was Kit Wilson's down in the ring, or Lee drops Wilson in the ring. Goes up top. Uh, production team went a little bit early on this. And then all of a sudden, Carmelo Hayes <laughs> shoves uh, Wesley off the top. He flips. He lands on his back in the ring. Wilson immediately crucifixes him. One, two, three. Pretty deadly. Cheats, well, unknowingly, I suppose, to retain their tag team titles. And it all kicks off afterwards. Uh, Wesley immediately goes after Carmelo Hayes. They brawl. He's flipping out in the ring. Um Pretty deadly, just like, well, let's get out of here with our titles. That leaves uh, Bron Breaker stood in there with his world title, and suddenly he gets attacked by Von Wagner, um, <laughs> who stands menacingly over him. And then we cut backstage. There's uh, Apollo Crews watching this all unfold, and then comes Jerry McDonough, who uh, says, you know that vision you have, being the man around here, it's going to be pretty tough to have with a detached retina. See you around. And that's the end of the show. It was cool to see... Von Wagner add yet something else to the list of things he can't do in wrestling. It's one of my favourite gestures. The belt, I, I want to be the champion gesture. I love it. More it's people should do it. Yeah, it's a belt. It's an Every, awesome gesture. Everyone's done as a kid wrestling, haven't you? Yeah, I want to be the champion. 
he can't do it. Like, what <laughs> it is, like, his thumbs and his fingers don't move. So he's just, <laughs> I think he thinks he's doing the JSU thing, but upside down. It's just like, oh, come on, mate. It's Dude. a robot, accidentally. Get, get something right. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for Vaughn. Yeah. Over, over JD McDonough. Oh, Christ. Suddenly, suddenly. Uh, thoughts on the main event? Uh, we've got very few. Mm. Just fine. Pretty Enjoyable, deadly. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I these are the ones we talk about, the ones that could do Raw SmackDown. I really like Pretty Deadly, you know. I like Pretty like, Deadly, but this isn't a mood. There's not a lot that's spectacular about them, but as heels, like that, that works just fine. And they're so locked into the act. I kind of wish they were on the main roster. I think they'd be a welcome presence on it. Yeah, Wesley and Carmelo is another one where it's like I've been watching this for two years. Yeah, it predates NXT 2.0 itself. <laughs> this isn't even 2.0 anymore. Mm. Yeah, get to the point. Uh, yeah, like like Pretty Deadly. Prefer pretty deadly. So thanks once again to uh, James Fraser for that. I'll share that on Twitter at WhatCultureWW. The link to this podcast will, of course, be posted. Whilst you're on Twitter, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at. I feel like tweeting about wrestling anymore after this. M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWW. <laughs> and make sure you subscribe to what he's doing his thing on the chair again. You'll break your neck, you know. I like doing it. Uh, so what, much fun. legs, not two. <laughs> What culture wrestling? Do you ever have that thing where the teacher would be like, hey, can we have four legs on the floor? So you just have your chair <laughs> yeah. two feet on the floor. Anyway, I've got it, so I outworked you there, you prick. You've never seen that before, have you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, we're back later on to look ahead to, uh, what else is there? Oh, AEW Dynamite, yeah. yeah. The good show. A little bit later on uh, today. Card. <laughs> it's, it's the Matt Reigns case. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it... Looks better yeah. on the night. Yeah, well, we'll preview it a little bit later on today. What culture wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. Um, but for now, this has been the NXT review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys, to Stax. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Stax. And we will see you soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.